Hi there, and welcome to episode 58 of the T21 Mum podcast. I'm Mary, and I'll be your host. Each episode, we'll talk about life, Down syndrome, single parenting, mamahood, and pretty much everything in between. I have a daughter named Ainsley, and she's eight years old and rocking an extra chromosome, also known as Down syndrome. And I am living life my way. And today, like all the other episodes, my friend Ron is joining me here today. Hi, Mary. Hot enough for you? It is very hot. It just sounds really cliche, but it's like, (laughs) you know, it's like 42 degrees Mm -hmm. Celsius uh, where you are. Yeah. What's that in Fahrenheit for some of our American listeners? Stinking hot. Yeah. Over 100 for sure. Like like Florida in the summer hot. Yeah. Uh, and and it's it is just like I don't know how people I mean it's 34 degrees Celsius inside my apartment, uh, <laughs> which is which is like 90 degrees. And I don't face south; I face north. The sun never comes in my apartment, and that's and it was 30 degrees when I woke up this morning. That's unheard of. Yeah. In in my apartment, I mean people people out on the out on the fire lane that I look over a fire lane that have gardens and stuff in it, and and people out there. Kudos to my neighbors because they've got these little wading pools they put out there. One, uh-huh. like the kids don't go out there because it, you know, it's too, too hot. hot. But it's for all the people walking dogs. Oh, that's awesome. So that the dogs like there's, there's things where kids can where the dogs can drink or they can just go lay down in the pool and they yeah. put them in the shaded areas under the big trees. So I mean, it, it's it, it's it's nice to see all these people looking after the dogs, um, and it's just. I tell you, this heat is just, you know, I, Incredible. I, well, as you know, I spend a lot of, have spent some time in Key Largo in Florida and it's like, holy, this is Key Largo hot and <laughs> nowhere near the number of bars that are there <laughs> Yes. <laughs> to, to, yes. for cool beer next to the water. Oh, I know. So, yeah. I know it was, I was going to take Ainsley to the water park today. But it's just there's no shade there, so I thought, yeah. oh, forget it. And it's just too hot, and because school was canceled today, yeah. uh, tomorrow's the last day. And and if there yeah. are any if there are any climate deniers left out there, I think you're doing a wise <laughs> thing by being quiet. Yeah. <laughs> but you know we don't get a lot of these super hot days, so you know we haven't up until now. But this has been yeah. going on for a week. Yeah, and it's and supposed it's to carry on for days. another week, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of hot, mm-hmm. um, today we are speaking with Lauren Costabile, mm-hmm. who is the founder of Hearts of Joy. Hearts of oh, Joy International. Oh, forgive me. I mm-hmm. apologize to Lauren in advance. Uh, but it's, it's this is an amazing organization. Mm-hmm. So what is it that I'm going to let you tell us what, what they do? So what lauren and her team does is as we've talked about previously on other episodes is at least 50 percent, if not up towards to 60 percent of babies born with down syndrome also have a heart defect and you know in her travels she discovered in some of these kind of like third world countries these babies were not getting that much needed heart surgery and so she started her foundation that helps children in these different countries i think there's mexico the philippines india and 
There's one more. I want to say Uganda. I'm not 100% sure on that one. Hence my hot reference. Yes. And they arrange for children to get, who have Down syndrome, to get this much needed heart surgery. And I think that's incredible that, you know, she's in the States and, you know, they're doing this across the world and just the pure logistics of dealing with that and, and getting these babies, you know, this much needed heart surgery. And some of them have even been a little bit older. And I love seeing the pictures on Instagram and Facebook where you see the before pictures and after you can see how much they have just benefited from this surgery. Their color looks better. They just look so much more healthy. It's amazing. Okay, well, let us go and join Lauren Costabile for that conversation. Okay. Today on the T21 Mom podcast, I'm talking to Lauren Castabile, the founder and executive director of Hearts of Joy International. Welcome, Lauren. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, you're more than welcome. I'm so happy for you to be on today because I'm really looking forward to hearing about what you have to say. Thank you. I always like to start each episode when we have a guest on, you know, where the guests tell us a little bit about themselves. Sure. Yeah. So I'm Lauren. I'm from New Jersey. And uh, yeah, so I'm the founder of Hearts of Joy. I have about probably 14 years experience now working with uh, individuals with disabilities, in particular Down syndrome. I just have a special passion um, for this population. And um, yeah, I studied recreational therapy in college. I'm now studying to be a child life specialist um, and just was always very drawn to um, the Down syndrome population um, in serving them. And I mean, as you know, they're, they're just such a joy and uh, bring so much love to this world. And I'm, yeah, just happy to, to be able to, uh, to work with them. Fantastic. That's wonderful. So, you know, someone from your team contacted me and then I was scrolling through your website, heartsofjoyinternational.com. And I watched a sweet video of a a little baby in the Philippines and it absolutely had tears in my eyes, like to hear his mother talk about the work that you guys do. So why don't you tell us what Hearts of Joy International is and what motivated you to start this organization? Sure. Well, first of all, I love that you watched that video. Uh, He he has a very special place in my heart. His mom is just such a wonderful, wonderful woman. And that's one of many, many moms that we work with that story. And it's just so beautiful. Um, yeah, so Hearts of Joy International provides life-saving heart surgery for individuals with Down syndrome um, in countries where they would otherwise not have access to care. So for example, we work in India, the Philippines, Uganda, Mexico, and we also work um, here in the States. Um, and yeah, we also provide counseling as well and offer resources and education to families, caregivers, uh, people that work in orphanages, communities, doctors, um, just to break the stigma that we find in these countries that children with disabilities or Down syndrome don't have any value. We want to tell them, no, this child does have purpose and value and they're going to contribute to society just like anyone else and kind of shift that mindset that they're a gift. And they're going to teach you something and they're going to make your life better in some way. And they're going to change you, um, 
Yeah, in in ways that you can't even imagine, um, as I'm sure that you know and you've experienced, mm-hmm. and a lot of people listening would be like, yes, of course. Um, but these these children, for lack of better words, are just so special, and we want to highlight that. And even educating people that may not be aware of this issue, um, you know, in these countries, but also here in our home country in the United States, of um, just sharing that 50% of children born with Down syndrome will have a congenital heart defect. We we don't all know that, or we're not mm-hmm. aware of that. I am because this is what I do day in and day out, but that's a huge number. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, um, what motivated me to start this is that, um, I mean, I tell everyone, if it was 2%, I would still do this because it's just my heart is the way that I feel I'm called to like love and serve in mm-hmm. this world. But um, for me, I've had many years experience with the population of people with Down syndrome. And um, I went to Uganda about four years ago to visit a friend. Um, I was there for about a month. And I always like to see the Down syndrome community and what they're doing and how they're treated in other parts of the world, what resources they have access to. Um, It's very intriguing for me. Um, And so I visited the community in Uganda in particular. And what I saw was that there was a real lack of awareness Mm -hmm. for Down syndrome. And there was a lack of connection between the heart defect and Down syndrome. And then there was uh, just a huge lack of resources and funds. So even if the parents did know, okay, my child does have Down syndrome and has a congenital heart defect and needs heart surgery, they had no resources and no money to um, provide that care for their child. And so I met one baby in particular who is about six months old, and that's like the perfect age to get this surgery and then it mm-hmm. would prevent further lifelong complications. And um, she just stole my heart. She was so sweet. And uh, I just, there was something about her that I knew that I was supposed to help just her. And so it started with her and I started to go fund me and I raised uh, money for mm-hmm. her to receive her heart surgery. And now we thought that she was going to um, receive the care in Uganda, but she ended up getting rejected from the hospital because she was just so malnourished and so uh-huh. tiny. And so they, they recommended that we, went, we go to India. Now I had never been to India before. I didn't know much about um, that, but apparently that is a thing that's very successful to send children from Uganda to India, which I learned and we now do. But at the time I just said, okay, like we're going to do this. And it felt like the right situation for her. Um, she got her heart surgery and that was the first experience where I said, you know what, there's a lot more children like her mm-hmm. that have a similar story that it's not their fault that they're born in these places around the world. Like they deserve the care that anyone else um, should receive. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter uh, your economic status, your race, your disability or ability or whatever is going on that you're a human person and you have dignity and you deserve to be to be treated as such and so I felt inspired to start a program that um that reflected that that we can provide this necessary care for these kids that really would there's no other cardiac organization in the world that does this particularly for children with down syndrome and I said but 50 percent is a huge number like why has no one thought of this before I was actually kind of surprised when I like I was like, I think we should start this or do something. And I was like Googling every other organization. And there was, there's many, many amazing cardiac organizations that do help children with Down syndrome, but we're exclusive. To, to only Down syndrome. 
program because there's a huge education piece as well and building relationships with the families and we walk with them through that entire process. Our team travels to all these countries. We're in the hospitals with them um, day in and day out. You know, we're a shoulder to cry on. We're giving them hugs and we're, we're there to pray for them and to support them in whatever way uh, these parents need because it's a very difficult situation to be in both for the child and for the parent. Mm-hmm. And we're there to alleviate that um, and to help them through this process, as well as providing like this life-saving care that their their child would would potentially lose their life if they don't receive. So that's that's amazing. And thank you. Wow. Like you're right. It's it's huge because it is 50% of our kiddos that have right. a heart defect. I mean, my daughter Ainsley does not. It it was weird because when, you know, once you get, I had a prenatal diagnosis and then they always, mm-hmm. you know, then you have to have all these tests and, yeah. and, and I kind of initially when I had the odds of her having Down syndrome, I kind of already knew without having an amnio, I still had the amnio. And then when I learned about the potential heart defect, it was weird. I kind of knew that her heart would be perfect and, mm-hmm. and, and it was, so, um, wow. we were very fortunate. So in, mm-hmm. in that regard, so, you know, I think it's you know, amazing to go and, oh, and to do something like, like everyone has their dreams, but to actually go and make that happen is like outstanding. So for what you're doing, because what would happen? You're welcome. What would like these children in these somewhat not first world countries, I I guess you would say, if they didn't, would they not receive any healthcare then? Or like if they in the third world countries, you mean like like Uganda and the Philippines, Philippines, like if, if you guys weren't going in to assist them, would they not have any, would they not get any? So, yeah, there's really not a lot of infrastructure or resources um, for them in these wow. countries. And especially because it's a cultural um, issue. So mm-hmm. disabilities in general is perceived as, like I said, not valuable and a burden. So mm-hmm. if some of the parents wouldn't even seek help, uh, because they don't feel that they're supported. And then the parents that do, they don't have the money um, yeah. to pay for it, or they don't, they don't even have a passport. Like we help the families uh, with all of that. We help them get their visas and their passports so they can fly to India. Most of these families have never been on an airplane before. Um, so there's a lot of firsts that we encounter, we endure with them, which is beautiful and eye-opening and it's in their own ways. Mm. Um, but yeah, they're really is is not a lot set up for them which is why the work of nonprofits in these countries is so important and and we're not coming in and just doing all the work that's something i always love to clarify for people because we are teaching and we're building um, advocates within these families and we're educating people um, on this need so that they know that this is an issue that needs to be um talked about and then I believe that with education that's where change comes Mm -hmm. and um yeah it's just it's just the daily like grind of keeping at it and it's like um you know it's like a ripple effect like you do one thing and you don't know how that's going to affect another family and then it would my one of my favorite things about what we do is that when the families come back from Uganda Mm -hmm. I mean to Uganda from India they tell their whole village what they endured and that the baby survived and the baby is okay and the heart is healed and and that you know hearts of joy helped and it's just this beautiful moment of like people take notice of that like oh like 
your child has a disability, but this organization did all of this. Like there must be something to this child then. And maybe, maybe they do have value. Maybe we are the ones that need to learn more about this or, you know, and then they're, they're kind of changed and and the awareness just grows and the education. And it's really, um, it's really very beautiful and very, um, yeah, just to be a part of and uh, see that shift within the own families, but also um, within other people in the community. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it must be very rewarding. I can only imagine. mm -hmm. And how's the little girl that you, who you, for how this all started, how, how is she doing now? Yeah. Um, she actually, uh, passed away a year after her surgery, which is another part, which is another part of, um, this was before I started the organization. Mm -hmm. Um, this is another part of the work that we do that is unfortunate. Um, but we do everything in her honor. And I know that her two years on this earth was, had such a substantial purpose because Mm -hmm. we've been able to help so many children because of her, Mm -hmm. um, very difficult, um, because we do, we, I, we, you know, life and death are, are constant in this work because we are dealing with children that are very, very sick. Um, and yeah. that's the reality of it. And that's kind of, um, embedded in our name as well, like hearts of joy, because when mm-hmm. I was thinking of that, I was thinking of the heart of a child with Down syndrome, like they exude so much joy. That was the word that kept coming back into my head, joy, joy, joy. But then the more that I think about it, it has like a dual meaning because we come into these situations that these people are suffering. These children are sick. They're, they're suffering. Um, and we try to bring that joy, uh, to the situation and yeah, it just, um, yeah, it's just all part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but it is in its own beautiful way. Um, yeah, it's all for her. Oh, that's wonderful. In in her memory. And I Mm -hmm. know that she's like looking down from, from heaven and blessing all the children and, um, she's with us for every surgery and yeah. So it's a very difficult situation, but there's beauty that has come from that for sure. Oh, that, well, that's wonderful to hear. I mean, I mean, it's it's unfortunate that she passed away, but like you said, she had her two years Mm -hmm. on earth, but she's obviously made such a huge impact, which is amazing in, in two, two short years. And I know that there's like the most common heart defect is the ABSD, but there's also mm-hmm. a few others. Like if you want to just, I mean, I'm, I yes. don't know if everyone knows what they are. I mean, I've heard yeah. of them. Some are more serious, but yeah. you know, um, cause you guys do there, I think, what is there four? I think there's four major. Yeah, defects. there, there's uh there is, and we, which, which makes it a little bit, um, easier for us because we can kind of plan, okay, this is what the child, this, these are the, the ones that the child is most likely to have. So yeah, there's VSD, um, mm-hmm. PDA, uh, AVSD, um, and ASD, and then Tetralogy Fallot, which is like a combination of a lot of those defects. Mm-hmm. And basically the fancy names for all this are hard to pronounce and people yeah. would kind of just go over everybody's head. So in a very, in very layman terms, simple terms, it's a hole in the heart and where Mm. that hole or multiple holes and where that hole is located will determine how we can fix it and the severity of the operation. So something like a PDA is a hole or multiple holes in a particular area of the heart that can be um, fixed by just implanting a device. So that actually goes in through their groin Mm -hmm. with a catheter tube and then the, the doctor implants a device. And we do a lot of those surgeries in the Philippines for some reason, 
bulk of our kids have PDA. Um, and then we do a lot of um, AVSD and mm -hmm. VSD, which is in another area of the heart. Usually the holes are a lot larger and, mm -hmm. and there's multiple. And so the, the doctor needs to do a full open heart surgery where they open the chest. And those, um, those surgeries are a lot more extensive. Mm -hmm. We do some of them in the Philippines, but we fly most of those kids to India. And then we also um, do those in Mexico as well. Um, okay. And then uh, we only had one child with Tetralogy Fellow so far, and he was actually um, in America. So we helped connect him to a hospital in New York. Oh, wow. And, okay. Yes. Yes. So, I, I only know of one child that had, had that. Yeah, yeah. And I know that's a more serious heart defect. So it's very complex. Yes. Yeah. So, I, I've heard that too. And yeah. so when did Hearts of Joy start? Yeah. So we started officially in 2019, so. um, but I filed in 2018 for a nonprofit status. We did our first mission in May of 2019. So we're pretty wow. new. And, yeah. uh, it's just been really unbelievable how this has grown so much. It's just a testament to the need and how mm -hmm. great this need is. Mm -hmm. Just confirmation for me, like it's really hard to keep going because there's so many kids that need us. Yeah. Um, even throughout this past year, which I know has been so difficult on so many people and families and for so many reasons. I mean, we've still been able to do about like 15 children in 2020, which is just unbelievable when yeah. you know the hospital systems are collapsing and yet they're we're, we're finding a way and these doctors i mean i can't say enough about the healthcare teams that we work with they are like the most incredible caring loving people they'd like be i mean you become part of the family mm -hmm. like and they they really they care for these children like they're their own and it was very important for me to um, work with hospitals and a healthcare team that not only understands a child who has Down syndrome, mm -hmm. but um, is proficient in their um, area of expertise in cardiology. And so we've managed to find several teams throughout the world that are fit that bill, which I'm very, very grateful for. And yeah, I just, I can't say enough about our teams because we, we have a team here in the States, but when we travel, we partner with the team on the ground in the country, uh, in the countries where we serve. And mm -hmm. uh, they're just, yeah, they're so oh. wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Now, I from your website, I, and you guys yes. are pretty new, like 2018, yes. 2019, it's really just two years, really not very yeah. long. Yes. And it says that you've helped, is it 35 children already? Yes. That's mm -hmm. amazing. Wow. And you said, and sorry, you said last year in 2020, which was like in a crazy year, you helped 15. Yes. yes. So that's Yeah. And, and thankfully we were able, so the borders of India were shut for quite a bit in 2020 mm -hmm. because of everything with the pandemic. And then once they opened, we were able to send a group from Uganda um, just at the buzzer really, because it's pretty bad there again right now. Mm -hmm. So we're not sure how that's going to affect things but we're kind of we go with the curve of how you know it's completely out of our control with what countries are shutting down and when they're being affected and so it's a lot to manage but um we always find a way um to be able to to provide um this care for our kids which i'm yeah just really grateful for that mm -hmm. we're still able to do something because i know a lot of nonprofits or a lot of people have have not um 
Mm-hmm. And so just proves again, the, <laughs> the need is ever growing. And at, although, you know, the world is shifting, we're just adapting the program to, to fulfill that need. And um, yeah. Yeah. Like it, the need doesn't stop even with no. the pandemic. So nope, <laughs> surely does not. So There's what, a, what countries yeah. do you guys help in? You mentioned Uganda and yes. the Philippines. Are there any other countries? Um, Mexico. Mm-hmm and india and then yes and then here in um in the states what we do is a little different Mm -hmm. we uh because they don't have access to prenatal testing in those other countries Mm -hmm. and even if even if the population at large has access to that our families do not because of funding and they just would never even think of doing something like that. Some of our moms are not even aware that they're pregnant until Mm -hmm. they're like six or seven months, um, which is crazy, but it's true sometimes Mm -hmm. for some of them. And so they, once they have the child, they're not always diagnosed with Down syndrome, even at birth. Uh, It's, or they're definitely not diagnosed with a heart defect. Maybe they might be diagnosed with Down syndrome, but they don't give a lot of information. So they have no clue what that actually means. They don't have access to internet to Google it like you and I have. And like I said, there's a huge um, stigma and shame that goes along with it. So that the child, they may keep the child inside um, and not share with the community that they have a child like this. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the education is key because um, in just sharing the reality of Down syndrome and what that is and telling people how to care for them. um, But here in the United States, we have access to prenatal testing. So we're often referred or mothers are referred to us when they get the prenatal diagnosis of Down syndrome and then a heart defect. And so we um, connect them to resources for the surgery. So uh, most people here have insurance. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, something that is covered by insurance. Mm-hmm. If, if there was no insurance, the surgery here is about like half a million dollars. Mm-hmm. And so it's crazy, um, but we're, we're happy to be able to connect them to hospitals here and cardiologists that can help them. And then as well as the down to, uh, I'm sorry, the education piece. So we are with the families, um, I mean, we're walking with that mom and sometimes she's alone. Sometimes she doesn't have um, a partner or a husband or a family to walk mm-hmm. with her. So we're at every doctor's appointment with her and, wow. um, you know, helping her to, um, yeah, be able to provide for this child or, you know, throwing baby showers and reaching <laughs> out to our generous donors and like people are sending cribs and um, it's beautiful because we want them to know that we support them and we're here with them. Uh, through that, because that's that's a difficult journey as well. It's like it, mm-hmm. the work that we do falls under that same mission, but it looks a little different in every country that we serve for cultural reasons and re- different resources that are available or not available. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. Wow. So so you kind of sort of touched on it, like mm-hmm. you know, I saw you know the little boy on your website. I think he was three when he had his surgery, mm-hmm. which is a little bit on the older side, yes. and then. There was a picture of him when he was five and he looked so good yes. and so old now, how so yeah he was very cute like it must be so challenging to try to coordinate all this from you know you're in the states they're in uganda or the philippines india mexico wherever so like what do you do do you have do you have a team in those countries or do you send people over there like how I mean, you touched a little bit on it, but 
because how does that work? Like you obviously have contacts with the different hospitals in these different countries, you know, like, I mean, even that to me sounds overwhelming is like how you would even find that in another country. I wouldn't have any idea, you know, (laughs) like, how do you figure it all out? (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's a lot of craziness, (laughs) but no, um, yeah, keeping uh, in communication with people and, and building relationships. So I've been to all of those countries. Mm-hmm. I That's how I established the organization. So we have people on the ground in each of those countries that work simultaneously with us, that speak the language, that understand the culture. We have a whole protocol and program that they follow. And then before the pandemic, I, me and my team would travel almost every other month. We would do a mission. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're like very heavily involved, I would say more than any other organization that I'm aware of, because for us, the important thing is in the relationship, mm-hmm. in knowing, and, and we practice what we preach, we're there and we say, your child has value and this is how we're going to help you take care of them. And we're not just going to abandon you and be like waving at you from America. Good luck. Like we're, yeah. we mean what we say Yeah, the team shows up time and time again and, um, in helping to facilitate that. Um, COVID has, like I said, pushed us a little bit. It's been a little bit more difficult, but we still have, the only reason why we're still able to function is because we do have those people on the ground that are able to facilitate these things. And I facilitate um, a lot from here, from this end. I'm up at all hours of the night and time changes, you know, what is that? It doesn't matter. It's like, it's, you're always, you're always on and you're always, um, yeah, just working and helping to coordinate this. So it's definitely, um, it's definitely overwhelming at times, mm-hmm. but it's definitely worth it. You look into one little, little child's face and you just say, okay, this is worth the not sleep and the, mm-hmm. you know, all the craziness and, um, yeah, to see them grow up and like live fulfilling lives that they, mm-hmm. they just wouldn't have had, mm-hmm. if they didn't, um, they didn't have this, this life-saving surgery is, is really powerful. And I lo- I always love the follow-up visits, which is like six months after the surgery. And then every time we go back into a country, we have these like gatherings with all the families. And that's another thing is that we connect families to other families. And that's a powerful tool in and of mm-hmm. itself, as I'm sure you know, as well with your oh, daughter, yeah. like that is so powerful to hear the testimony or just the story of another family or another mom or dad or sibling even saying like, this is what I went through just to know that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of that. We do a lot of that here in the States, connecting women that are pregnant to families that maybe just had a baby or their child is a little older. So they could kind of see the full scope of, okay, like my child's going to be okay. Like, mm-hmm. and they're going to live a great life. And this is what it's going to be like. And um, as well as building that community within the developing worlds as well, because it's, few and far between that mm-hmm. they even have a community. So we're trying to build that um, and knowing that they have a safe space of people that can support them and love them through this. I mean, it's like, to me, I think it's like this fun exclusive club that I, I don't <laughs> think should be exclusive. I'm like, I'm blessed to be in it, but I feel like the whole world needs to know about this. Like I will live <laughs> my whole life, like shouting this from the rooftops. It's just like such an incredible club to be in. Um, yes. And I, I think everybody should, should know and have the privilege of loving someone with Down syndrome. It just, it's changed my life. And I, uh, yeah, I can, yeah, say about, I, about I can definitely hear it in your voice. And yeah. yeah, we always say it's the club that you'd ever thought you wanted to be a part of. And, yeah, right? you know, cause it's true. Like it's a, a true a sense of community and this is way off topic. Like just with like, 
as many of my listeners know, I broke my leg and my foot really badly a few weeks ago. But I tell you, the Down syndrome community, they really stood up for me. There was people offering to help me, you know, uh, brought me meals and things like that. Like, you know, I wasn't expecting any of that. I I wasn't asking for any of that. But truly, like, you know, and this one mom came and she dropped um, some meals off and she said, you know, of course, your family. And and then I I, I started crying after she left, you know, because it was such a hard time. So I totally get it where, you know, you need to have that community to feel like you're not the only person going through this. And, you know, and for lots of these heart surgeries, I mean, I wouldn't say it's, you know, simple, but it's done. Our kids are so resilient and they come through it so well, most of the majority of the time. And, you know, I'm sh- and and like the AVSD, it's quite common in our kiddos. So, mm-hmm. you know, if they're in good hands with the doctors, you know, there should be no issues, right? They should be able to come through and and like yeah. you said, live a long and fulfilled fulfilled life because yeah. and and you're giving them that opportunity and mm-hmm. and I love that you're also not. It's not just about arranging their surgery. It's about creating that community with these families. Right. You know, like you said, a lot of these families like the one mom in the video, she's talked about, you know, how in the Philippines, often they hide their children if they have a disability, but how she wanted to show her son off. So, you know, and I just, I thought it was just so beautiful. And, you know, and it was so amazing that you guys were able to, to give him that lease on -hmm. life, you know, which he might not otherwise have, have gotten, you know, that's, that's pretty powerful. Yeah. So when, like, how do people, like, you know, you're in these probably, I'm guessing maybe somewhat remote, I don't don't know, remote communities, or like you said, where they don't readily have access to the internet and things like that. So how do people find out about you or how do people, I guess, apply to, to get their child this much needed surgery or how do they get in touch with you? Like what happens? Yeah. So sure. So like I said, the people are people on the ground and we work with a lot of other um, organizations like disability groups and Down syndrome groups in these countries that refer a lot of kids to us or um, that's usually how we get most of our children. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's a lot of word of mouth as well. So like we'll help one child who's referred to us from another organization or someone who knew of us and then it just kind of spirals and then they come home. And like I said, they tell their people in their villages and their community. And then they said, Oh, like my cousin's son, I think has that same condition. Maybe we should check <laughs> his part. And then we've had a ton of people like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we work with these two really wonderful organizations in the Philippines in particular that, um, I mean, th- that need is, is ever, it's ever growing everywhere. It just feels like there are so many children in the Philippines mm-hmm. um, that just are out on those remote islands and they just don't have access to much. Mm-hmm. And so our organizations, they're constantly calling us and um, they're really, really diligent. And then say, I mean, same everywhere, Mexico, like in Uganda, we're really grateful for our partner organizations and the people we have on the ground because they, they help us to function. Mm-hmm. Um, and once a child applies to us, then there's a whole program of where they have to, um, 
you know, our team reviews it, it goes through our board, it goes through um, our doctors, and we kind of assess the situation. Um, what is the family like? You know, are there two parents involved? Does the child uh, have siblings? Like all these things, um, it, it really does affect like it, how the child will receive the care and, and mm -hmm. the follow-up. Like will the parent, uh, parent or parents be able to continue to care for the child after um, because I mean, I learned that with the initial baby that that follow-up is equally as important as the first home visit you do and how you educate the family and then getting the heart surgery and then the follow-up and then being diligent and making sure that a social worker is going to visit that family at least like once a month mm -hmm. and making sure that if the child has follow-up medication that they're taking it and that um, they're doing all these things and that, um, yeah, because that's, that's equally as important or else it, it goes in vain. And so it's a little bit more than, um, yeah, just the heart surgery or just yeah. like applying on our website. You can also apply on our website at the refer a child form at mm -hmm. heartsofjoyinternational.com. But that's for the people. Sometimes we get people in the main city, so Uganda or Mexico or the Philippines that have a little bit more access to things, but most of the time it's referrals. Um, wow. And people like we have a phone number, you can call the phone number, people call us all the time. Um, and uh, yeah, just me meeting people too, or our team here, even spreading the word and people saying, you know what, like I have someone who actually is pregnant, or, you know, I have a family friend who doesn't know much about the heart defect, but their child just got diagnosed and has Down syndrome. And it's just like, once you put it out in the world and the universe, it's like, people just run with it. Yeah. I always thought that we would have to find kids or I initially thought that we do not. I mean, we, we could, but yep. they find us and they, they, find, <laughs> they make a way to find us or, or when, when we are present in the, in the countries, we, we do a lot of, um, like I said, educational classes and courses and things and home visits. And so we do meet a ton of kids all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and then sometimes too, when I'm like traveling, just like for leisure, like with my family, like I will meet someone. It's just crazy. <laughs> so it's, you yeah, never know. You know, you're right. You never know. The world works in mysterious ways. And for sure. So, okay. So you guys have done surgeries in Uganda, Mexico, India, and the Philippines. So, and obviously when you're dealing it with like this, it's, it's, complex like heart surgery is already complicated enough when you're just driving to the hospital yourself in your you know metropolitan city right. <laughs> but are you looking to expand to any like other countries i mean i'm sure that it it entails so much to do that and sure. it sounds like you already have you there's always kids coming to you but as i'm sure you know this need is is so great because as you mentioned you know 50 to even 60 percent of our kids have yeah, a heart defect. So yeah, I am open to wherever um, the need is, as long as we have the infrastructure and the team um, there that's prepared. So we would only ever expand to a country if it happened organically. And, mm -hmm. and that's how all of our expansions started. Like they all started from that. I, when I initially started Hearts of Joy, I thought it was just going to be bringing children from Uganda to India and look where we are. Yeah. Um, so we're constantly expanding. Um, I personally am more interested in, 
like I said, depth. So like going deeper in the countries where we are Mm -hmm. and continuing to build those relationships and then moving outward within those countries or the spots where we are. Maybe maybe, um, partnering with more hospitals in the countries where we are would be a way that we would expand within the next few years. But then I say that and then I'm always, always (laughs) open to like another country or, but it has to be within good reason. It has to make sense. doing um another thing we did so we expanded to mexico within the pandemic which is also (laughs) insane and we also expanded to doing orphan care so the child we helped in mexico was in an orphanage and that was Mm -hmm. something that was always on my heart but it's not Mm -hmm. how it happened initially we just we just so happen to help children and families and there's great value to both and there's great need in both um, and so we, we have expanded in both of those ways to another country, but also to a different type of care. So when we do our education, it's, it's not with families. Um, it's with the people that work in the orphanage and mm-hmm. it's with other orphanages and um, just so that they can learn how to care for the child. And also um, that in turn has helped facilitate adoptions because mm-hmm. we can alleviate that from a family or that financial burden from a family that's looking to adopt. And then if they find that the child has Down syndrome and a heart defect, they may not feel like they're equipped or they can do it. So we yeah. even alleviate that from them and say, nope, we're going to handle it. And, you know, when the child is healed and finished with their surgery, then we, then, then you can adopt them. So that's something, too, that we hope to expand and do more of. Um, so there are a lot of avenues that we can expand. <laughs> oh, um, yes. I'm sure there's no shortage of children. So, yeah. but yeah, that's, Everywhere. yes, exactly. And, and that's fantastic to hear because I'm sure most of us in the Down syndrome community are aware of, you know, our kiddos being placed in orphanages and, and I'm aware of several moms who've adopted from abroad and even just, um, you know, from their home country, but yeah, you're right. That would add another layer if they have a heart defect. So if somebody applies to have their, for with their child like Mm -hmm. how long would it typically take like I guess is because you know there's sort of that kind of window that's a good time for our kids to have the surgery but I mean obviously a lot of things have to happen but like you know so a family applies and about how long would they expect to wait to get their child's surgery so it varies based on the urgency of Mm -hmm. each case Mm -hmm. and the availability of the doctors I mean with this past year, it's been significantly delayed for reasons we can't control. But I would say um, probably about a month to three months, maybe sometimes six months. And sometimes someone would apply to us and with some miracle, it's like they're one month old and we have to wait five months or six Mm -hmm. months until they're big enough or like way enough. Those are the kids that I'm like, yes, Um, (laughs) because that means we found them so early, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. And we can do so much more work the earlier that we find these children or the earlier that they come to us. But those more urgent cases, we try to turn them around quick. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that always a possibility? No, because of other things we can't control around the world and different things. But we try to um, do the urgent cases like as soon as we can. And if we're not able to, we'll refer them out to another organization or someone who um, is able to do it quicker. If we have a very long wait list or we're constantly, you know, discerning that and moving kids and what's best for the family. And there's so many factors. It's not just, is the child an urgent case? Do we need to do them next month? It's like, 
well, there's the family of a passport because getting a passport in Uganda mm-hmm. could take could take over a month. And that's wow. like expedited. Like we mm-hmm. have to sometimes, sometimes we have done it in less than a month. Wow. And that was like insanity. <laughs> um, we need a little bit more time than that. So I would yeah. say like two to three months. Yeah. Um, no, realistically, just because there's so many other factors and prepping the family as well. So like if they're going to be, the families in the Philippines, we fly them to the main city from their um, islands or their mm-hmm. little villages. So it's not as complex. They don't need a passport. They don't need a visa. Um, it's a little bit easier. But in Uganda, we we have to do the whole thing with them. And some of our complex kids from the Philippines, we do fly to Uganda. So then they would have to get a visa and a passport and all these other things that they have to fit the criteria when traveling. And now it's even more hoops we have to jump through, but yeah. we're here for it. We're doing it. Um, yeah. But there's a lot of other factors as well as the education piece and giving the family enough time to prep and prepare mm-hmm. for the fact that they're getting on an airplane. Like we're yeah. explaining the most basic things. Um, like this is how an airplane works and we're showing them videos and there's a pilot and you're going to sit in your own seat. And, you know, the child has a seat and we, we have them, you know, the seats in the airplane with a little bassinet and we mm-hmm. always get them those seats. And we uh, have a wonderful relationship with Emirates, the like airline that flies them and the stewardess. And the, they're always so kind to our, our patients knowing that this is the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're always there to help them and answer any questions. But sometimes our families don't speak English. So we fly them with uh, a nurse, a Uganda nurse typically who speaks their language. So there's a wow. lot to coordinate. Then we got to yeah. get the visa and the passport for the nurse. And so it's a lot. Um, but it's definitely a process, but we make it work. We always wow. make it work. That- yeah that that's amazing like even one to three months i think is a pretty for this type of surgery Mm -hmm. i think is amazing so kudos to you guys like honestly that's incredible now how much i would say in a normal world it's that i mean recently it's been a lot longer well but everything in 2020 has been longer right yeah it's been a crazy year and we're now still living it in 2021 and so how much does it typically cost for one of these uh, kids surgery and you know how can people donate yeah so an average cost is about fifteen thousand dollars for one child and everything i just explained to you it encompasses all those costs so it's the surgery it's the hospital care it's the airline tickets it's the transportation it's them uh their accommodations it's a lot of different costs uh you know follow-up medications um, visas, passports, vaccinations, like all these things. Um, but it sounds like a, a big number, but in comparison to what it costs yeah. here in the States, mm-hmm. it's, it's really affordable. Um, and we're able to help a lot of children because it is affordable. And the way that people can get involved to donate is by going on the website, mm-hmm. um, hearts and donating right on our website. Um, you can also become a monthly donor, which is like our bloodline and how we mm-hmm. keep sustainable and keep functioning. And anything that you could do to contribute is just so greatly appreciated and really going towards saving a child's life. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people, we have stories of them on, on our website, on our social media, and you can read up on specific children, sponsor specific children if you'd like. I've done um, 
I've done like events and educational events at schools and where I speak and churches and different areas where um, maybe a school will sponsor a child. And then we share like the progress of that child and share about their family and educate the students. And that's, that's something really amazing that I love as well. Um, mm-hmm. Like the kids eyes opening, they ask the cutest questions. <laughs> They're like, so innocent. This like, I'm talking like kindergarten to like third grade sometimes, yeah. like just so, so sweet. And they just, they just don't know. It's just an honest question of just mm-hmm. not knowing. And I love providing that education. And sometimes um, private schools that wear uniforms, they'll do like dress down days for us where you have to pay $5 to wear like jeans or your regular clothes. And so there's a lot of things. We do a ton of campaigns that people can get involved with to donate. But um, yeah, just donating right on the website is, is one of the best ways to, to help um, what we're doing. Yeah. So. Wow. That's, yeah, that's incredible. Like, I think, it's amazing what you guys are doing and, and, you know, like I said, there's no shortage of kids in, in need of your help. And I noticed also on your website and we'll certainly put the links in our show notes and stuff. So don't worry about that. Oh, you're more than welcome because yeah, we've had a few people on the podcast who, whose kids have had the heart surgery. So Mm. I'm sure they'll appreciate this especially. (laughs) And, but you also have a nice selection of online merchandise. I really like the shirts. Like I said, I think, um, be kind. If I remember, if I remember correctly, choose joy, that's it. Sorry. Choose joy. Yes, Yes. Yes. And, um, Thank you. So like, I guess does like a percentage of those sales go towards your organization as well? Yes. So our shop is so great. Um, We're working with this wonderful company, RH Prince Co. And they help us run the shop. And yeah, um, proceeds from all that stuff, hats, t-shirts. We have masks, you know, you got to go with the trend um, that uh, help our mission. That's another great way that you can get involved. And, you know, it has our logo on the back. So like when people are, are wearing it, it's like, it kind of spreads awareness and spreads mm-hmm. the mission in its own way as well, which is really cool. Um, we're going to be coming out with some more stuff for the spring and summer. So stay tuned for that. Okay. Uh, we're always updating the shop because people are constantly buying and it's a, it's a great consistent way that um, you can support our mission and also mm-hmm. get a cool t-shirt or a cool hat or uh, something that you can wear and it has like the slogan which choose joy has kind of become our slogan mm-hmm. um like i said with the joy and explaining the meaning behind hearts of joy and it just coincides with that whole whole uh whole mission of you know choose joy even when it's hard mm-hmm. um, and even when it's not ideal that we yeah. want to be people of joy and joyful and uh spreading that to um as many people as we can in in the spirit of you know those with Down syndrome. Oh, I love it. It's this, it's amazing. It's awesome. Yeah. I, yeah, I definitely would like to get me and Ainsley a matching shirt and maybe Dennis, yes. my boyfriend, he, maybe he'll wear one too. <laughs> yes, please do. We have like crew neck sweatshirts. We have all different colors. We had a, like a fun thing going on for world Down syndrome day. We had like tie dye blue and yellow shirts. So yeah. oh, I think awesome. they're still up there, even though that's over now, but yeah. So. Oh, tie dye is always cool. cool so. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. I'll certainly go back and, and, and look because yeah, I, I thought, oh, they got some nice stuff on here. That's Thank awesome. you. And so how ma- <laughs> that's great. And <laughs> like how many, like how many, I know 2020 was obviously challenging, but you guys were able to still do quite a few surgeries, which is wonderful. 
how, how many kids do you currently have on your wait list? Um, I would say probably 10 to 15. Okay. Um, yeah. So we're trying to, yeah, just figure that out with everything going on in the world. Um, it's been challenging, but um, yeah, I mean, we get applications almost every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so managing that and it, actually I was super happy that a lot of the children, probably like five, five or six of the children from Uganda to my surprise are that between that one and two month mark. So we do have some buffer time to like prepare families and um, yeah, get them ready. And then Mm -hmm. hopefully when borders are open and the world gets a little bit better, um, we'd be able to send them. So we got a lot cooking, but (laughs) yeah, yeah, Yeah. a lot, I would say. And, and, you know, for our listeners, and like I said, we'll put the links in the show notes to go to the site, because I I really love seeing the before and then the after pictures, because you can really see how your donation is making like a difference in so many ways, like one, saving these kids lives, but also to see like they don't have the tubes or the, or, mm-hmm. you know, you can see that they're just have more energy and they just look better, yeah. right? Like better right. color, like just yep. so many amazing things that happens when they get this heart surgery that really every child should have the right to get like, or should be able to access. I mean, obviously there's going to be some challenges in different parts of the world, but you know, in reality, there should be no reason that a child can't have that surgery in this day and age. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The before and after is, yeah. I've been saying all these things are my favorite things, but I have a (laughs) lot of favorite things about what I do, but uh, yeah, the before and after is like night and day. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they're like, yeah, they're coloring, they're, uh, yeah, some of, sometimes they're like bluish and they're mm-hmm. just, they're not getting the nutrients and just like their body is just not functioning properly. And then once mm-hmm. you actually correct that, mm-hmm. it's like they're gaining all this weight, they're eating better, they're, you know, learning how to sit up because they can finally like move their body a little bit better and, you know, take hold of their head and their neck. And yeah, it's just, um, it's great. They have a lot more energy. It's, it's, it's the best. Oh, yeah, I can imagine it's, it's gotta be the most, like one of the most amazing feelings to know mm-hmm. that you're making such a, a huge difference in, in like so many lives, like the families, the mom and dads, the parents, the siblings, and then obviously the child, you know, mm-hmm. there's just the impact. It's just the domino effect is amazing. Yeah. And, you know, because especially like, you know, I keep thinking like oftentimes people or society, they kind of, you know, and you spoke about this earlier in the podcast about they don't, sometimes they, people underestimate our kiddos or they just don't think they're mm-hmm. deserving. And, you know, but you're showing and everyone else in our community, we're showing that our kids can live a long and, and a very full life, you know, especially after receiving this type of surgery. And, right. you know, so I think, yeah. So, I mean, thank you for doing this and, you know, for helping these kids who, it wouldn't have a chance really in some of these countries and you know where they might be shielded from society which is is really sad i mean like even here in canada we're you know we're facing and it's everywhere like facing our challenges like how mm-hmm. people treat others with disabilities and right. you know and so we're that's why it's important to let people know what's going on you know the work that you're right. doing and Thank and that you 
you're, oh yes, you're more than welcome. And that our kids are worthy and that they, they are deserving and that they, you know, they can live an awesome and great life. So thank you. Absolutely. I tell everyone you can't unsee something. And that's kind of what motivated me to do this because I saw a need and I couldn't Mm -hmm. just come home here um, and act like I didn't see that. And I also think that, um, like I've heard this before, I don't know who said it or if it's a quote from someone, but probably. So sorry if I'm misquoting it, it's not my own, Mm -hmm. but I have heard that if you like see something or you see a need and you feel called to help, if you don't do that, no one will. And that, that always gets me because you were mm-hmm. asking before, like, what if you didn't do this? And I'm like, I can't even think of that because I'm like, because I feel called that this is what I'm meant to do. And so we do it mm-hmm. and uh, look at how many people we're able to impact. So that's just an encouragement to anyone else too. Like if you, no matter how crazy or outrageous or difficult something may seem, that if it's really what you're called to do and how mm-hmm. you're, you know, called to help other people that, it's, it's going to come together some way. And, and just remember that like uh, on the idea of everyone's life has purpose, like everyone, yes, people with Down syndrome, but everyone that mm-hmm. if you don't do that, no one will, and the world would be less than because of it. So that's kind of how I see it too. Like we're helping kids and spreading joy and we're all called in our different ways to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and the yes. people that are involved in this, like the donors pay, play their role and we play our role and the cardiac surgeons play their role and yeah. the families and you know, it really does take a village to do this kind of work. I could never do it on my own. And it's, I don't even feel like it is my own work. It's all for, for the children and, and their families. And it just is what I'm called to do. So we're here doing it. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. I, yeah, I think it's amazing because like you don't even have a child with Down syndrome. So, you know, and so I always love talking to people like you who, you know, their connection is different in the community. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not because they have a child or a relative with Down syndrome. It's because of what, you know, you experienced when you were in Uganda. And I love what you said, like, once you see something, you can't unsee it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to act. And I, I do think you can if you can like you're obviously so passionate about it you just find a way and i think that's you know that could be said for most people if you really believe in something you'll just find the way to Absolutely. do it and to make it happen so Absolutely. yeah well lauren thank you so much for sharing your story it's it's really incredible and and the important work that you're doing with hearts of joy international and like i said we'll put the links in the show notes and um so that people you know hopefully can donate and check out those before and after pictures and i look forward to hearing more about the different um stories about the different kids and and the different videos that you guys have on the website thank you so much thank you so much for having me this is wonderful mary as you said in the beginning it's like the logistics of getting this done. I mean, some of these countries are 12 hours time difference from wherever you may be in North America. So I, I can't, the logistics of communicating across those time zones. I mean, I when I was in broadcast, we did it for various reasons, but, and I know how hard that is, but I mean, doing this as a volunteer Right, for this organization and they are supported by donations mm-hmm. and they put so much this is an amazing amount of logistics just communicating never mind having doctors have the conversation with doctors and and whatever else 
this is quite the thing. Yes. And, you know, and I remember talking to her and, and asking her, like, how do we, people in these countries even find out about you? But they sounds like they have a really great, you know, team on the ground. Like an outreach program? Kind of. And then also, like, just people hear about it, right? Because then they can see that these children are thriving. And, you know, and the one mom who, you know, was kind of ashamed to take her child out because, you know, special needs children were kind of sort of hidden away and he desperately we, we've talked about surgery. that before yeah right i mean and... it's it's getting better here mm-hmm. but it's still not it's still not where you know certainly where we'd all like it to be no uh, but in these countries there is actual shame involved in mm-hmm. bringing your child out and then this mom you know she was able to get her son the heart surgery and how she was just so full of joy and so proud of her son and you know was proud to take him out and to show him off and you know and i think that's just so who doesn't love a laughing happy child oh of course right (laughs) yeah and you know and just how how much these our kids really benefit obviously from this surgery because it wasn't that long ago that they were not getting that surgery so you know which i think was I mean, I could be mistaken, but I'm sure that was why they had the lower lifespan, you know, because they often had the heart defects and, and it's not, it's, I don't want to say simple because heart surgery is never simple, but you know, our kids do really well in this type of heart surgery that, well, the, the common ones that are associated with Down syndrome, they generally do really well. And they, I I've heard of kids who've left the hospital within four days after heart surgery. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, so kudos to Lauren for, you know, doing this for kids in these other countries that normally would not have this chance. And she's giving them this new lease on life. And you can find them over on Facebook and we're going to put a link on to, uh, on to, into the show notes on, on mm-hmm. the webpage uh, about uh, how you can find their website uh, because, you know, and, you know, give them some bucks. Yes, I know. And, and just to see the, like I said, the before and after pictures, it's just incredible. So they're doing amazing work. And I was really grateful to be able to chat with her. Okay. Uh, next show, we are doing a topic of when I was editing the show, I, I think I learned probably more than as it's, it's more of a topic that is, is female oriented. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I learned a lot of things I didn't know for, you know, I'm always glad to learn new things. Um, but, uh, but we're touching, we're, we're having a, 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 something we haven't done before where we have three guests and you mm-hmm. talking about breastfeeding and the issues around breastfeeding. Yes, it was very informative. And I certainly wish I had that knowledge when Ainsley was born. And yeah, and they, they've set up this great um, little community, I guess, if for lack of a better word, so that moms who are expecting or have a newborn, they can get in touch with them and they, you know, will help them through to get their rockin' kiddo breastfeeding, which I think is wonderful because I didn't have a ton of support. I had some, not a lot, but just because most 
medical professionals really have no idea and just assume that kids with Down syndrome can't breastfeed. Well, I remember, I, I remember, you know, you and you know, you and I were talking, well, over the years, about that issue and how it was. Was it the dentist mm-hmm. when you took Ainsley to the dentist, and the dentist mentioned to you about, yeah, you know, the, she the had difficulty breastfeeding. Yeah, because yeah. she had a significant lip tie, which I had right. never even heard of, and no. it was the doctor. I had no idea, and you know, if I had known that when she was a baby, if someone actually had checked her mouth, maybe things would have been different. Well, that's what we do is we try to let people know the stuff they need to know. Yeah. So All that's right. coming on our ne- next episode. Two weeks. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's wrap this one up. Thanks for listening to the T21 Mom podcast. And as always, I would love to hear from you. Tell me your stories. What's going on in your life? What's important to you? You can email me at info at t21mom.com or find me on Facebook or on Instagram and Twitter at trisomy21mama. And also please subscribe. It would mean a lot and leave a a review so we can become more searchable for others in the Down syndrome community. Keep on loving on your rocking kiddos and we will see you next time. Stay cool, Mary. You too, Ron. Bye.